everyone, and welcome to Minute 32 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is John of the Dirty Harry Minute. Welcome back, John. Thank you for having me again, Rob. Glad to be back. Yeah, well, we, we had a nice, fun conversation yesterday, so I figured why not have you back to talk a little more about about Neil and Dell and diners and... We'll, we'll even get into some money discussions here. Who knows? Oh, Greenback. So, Love yeah. it. So minute 32 begins with Dell explaining who Bert Dingham is and ends with Neil opening up Dell's wallet. So this is a very dialogue-heavy uh, minute. There's a lot that goes on between the two of them. Yesterday, we ended the minute by Dell explaining that they can take the train instead of having to wait around for the airlines and that his friend Bert Dingham can help him out. So he said that I sold them all their shower curtain rings. He owes me a favor. And then the waitress comes and hands them the check and Dell is about to take it. And then Neil grabs it from him and says, I'll get that. I paid for everything else. Why break precedent? <laughs> which is, which is a great. Now, now the waitress brought them their check, but isn't Neil still eating his oatmeal? You'd think yeah, that they would right. wait. When, when I'm in a restaurant, I have enough trouble getting convincing the waiter to come over to give me my check because they want me to to want more, you know, to order something else. But once they give you the check, that's it. Unless you've asked for the check, and there's no place here where they actually ask for this check. So it, it it's pretty interesting that that they have this. Now Neil then reaches into his pocket to pull out his wallet, and it actually takes him quite a long time to 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 get the wallet out. Much longer than you'd expect, because he yeah. should know where his wallet is and stuff like that. And Dell's response to to Neil's quip about not breaking precedent is, "You're making me feel like a freeloader." <laughs> so the response by Neil is, "Get me on the train or square." You got it. Now Dell gives up pretty quickly with that type of thing. I mean, I remember back years ago when I was dating, so. You know, if 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 the girl wanted to pay for the you know the the her her food in the restaurant or whatever, so we we'd have a little bit of of an argument about that because you know especially on a first date or whatever, I wanted to pay for it. So Dell gives in pretty quickly here, at this point, showing that he really does want Neil to pay. Doesn't it yeah, seem that well, way to you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you wear a tie and I'm wearing a bow tie. Come on, you can afford this. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he doesn't resist nearly as much as he should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, I had a question about. Sorry to interrupt. Um, that, is there sort of country music playing in the background? Is, there is. Is that a bit? There is. I tried figuring out. Yeah, it, it's 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 usual for. Well, first of all, we're not in the northwest. We're here in. Oh, sorry. In what do you call it? Mid, Midwest. You know, we're oh. we're. In, we're in, in the. I guess you can say the deep part of the Midwest because this is Kansas. Right. You know, looking at American geography. So it, it's still, it's, it's the border between East and West, which, which is where, where they are. So it's not like Texas or anything like that, where, where there would clearly be much more music that, that, that sounds like country music, but here it still fits. I tried figuring out what the song is, but I wasn't able to figure that out. Did you have any, any luck with that? No, I tried no. to Shazam it, but it's not quite high enough in the mix. Um, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was weird if you'd sort of get that type of music this far north. But 
like we were saying before, I was off air. I was reading a, a Bob Dylan biography, and he was from Minnesota, right? Or sort of near the border. I believe so. Duluth yeah. or whatever near Canada, and uh, even in the fifties, he was he could pick up a lot of like country western playing from um, from from Georgia or something. So it had quite a, a wide remit. But yeah, I, I have no experience of diners in America. Have but they're, they're very exotic to me about yeah who goes there, how it sort of is it a classless place where everyone can go, or do generally only people, you know, travelers and 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 truck drivers go there? I don't know. Right, I would say it's usually the the lower to mid class that are going to be going there the upper class are not going to be. Like just, Neil Neil does not look comfortable here let's put it that way yeah especially because he's in a suit but his his tie is open a little <laughs> bit so that that gives yeah. him a little bit of uh, thing and at this point Neil starts going through his wallet and then opens it and discovers that it's completely empty now they, again as we discussed yesterday they do a great zoom into the wallet to yeah. show his it, it it accentuates the fact that he's surprised by the fact that his wallet is completely empty. And Dell continues drinking his coffee and says, That's the easy part. And then Neil just stares at him and Dell says, What? You know goddamn well what? I'm yeah, sorry. He swears the first time in the movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. Now the, you see the tone starting to to get higher and higher between the two of them because Dell is a little bit taken aback by this whole thing. And then Neil's response is yeah. I had over $700 in here. Now that's a lot of money to be carrying around. In 87. Yeah. In sure. 87. I mean, I, I, I checked with now. inflation with inflation as of 2022, that's $1,700. Which is even wow. absurd. I mean, why would someone go on a small little, you know, business trip hmm. for just a few days and take that much money with them? That that's a, that's a lot of money. And then we get Dell's response where he goes, "I didn't take your dough." Hmm. Now, where do you think that phrase comes from? Dough, referring to to dough as money. I. It doesn't really explain why it is, but I know the do re mi thing bit. Um, I don't know. No, I, I don't really know. Enlighten okay. us, dude. Okay, so do is is obviously connected to the fact that a lot of people used to refer to money as bread. Okay, in the 1930s, oh, in the 1930s, it was very commonplace, especially in gangster areas and stuff like that, to referring to to money as bread. So you know, jumping from bread to dough isn't that much difference because bread means some sort of form of sustenance which is actually something that that goes back even earlier to the 1700s where people would say that that the fishermen would get their bread out of the water to keep them from starving they're talking about you know some sort of thing that to help you survive hmm. then you have the whole idea of breadwinner which is something that that was first used in 1818 and bread also is a slang for money that is a playful substitute for dough. And it's actually interesting because you can think of, of the, the way that the, you know, dough is something that is needed, you know, K-N-E-A-D. Oh, right, yeah. And money <laughs> is something that is needed, N-E-E-D. So many depths. 
<laughs> you think if the criminals originally criminals use the word bread or they they popularized that um that metaphor that dough might be might be a cool way to say um what do you call it counterfeit money or something could be wow yeah. you've really gone you've gone the whole you've gone good research here man yeah so and there there are a whole bunch of other phrases that refer to money that I'd never even heard of have you ever heard the phrase of wanga yes I, that's my british thing isn't it it is is that more english it is it is, it is yeah it is. yeah yeah. Now, first of all, when I Not hear Wanga, here, but... I think of you know uh, Bib Fortuna from uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, that's yeah. that's a phrase that sounds <laughs> like something he said. Yeah. And so, Wanga is actually a term that they don't know when it exactly was first used, but they think it was in the 18th or 19th centuries. And it's a Romany word meaning coal. And during wow. that time in the 18th, 19th century. Coal was the term used in English language for money. Mm. And that's why that's where that, that, that phrase comes from. Now, have you ever heard the phrase moolah? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another phrase used for for money. It was first used in around nineteen oh five in the United States. And the 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 etymology is that they say that it, it's originally a word that's uh, Fijian from the island of Fiji, oh. which means money. But there, okay. there's, there's, there's a lot of argument as to whether it really came from there or not. Then you have score. Have you ever heard that being referred to? I mean, I've Never. heard of, I've heard of, no. you know, a score in a heist job or something like that, but not necessarily in the phrase of just talking about money itself. So it actually refers to uh 20 20 pound bills because a 20 is a score and it, it says that it originated from the days of sheep herding where herders would leave a tally wow. or a score when they counted 20 sheep wow so there's that then you have monkey i've never heard of this before being used as a term <laughs> for money have you ever heard that never so monkey is actually Mon- a term used to describe 500 pounds and it it they say that that it actually comes from the fact that sol- British soldiers who returned from India after serving there, yeah. so the 500 rupee note had a picture of a monkey on it. So they'd start referring to the 500 pound note by the same thing as a monkey. Interesting. Yeah. Then you got... I know in the, in yeah. the Spanish language, they've got a lot of colorful words... Uh... Words for money, colloquially, I guess they just call la plata for silver is what they call money. But there's a whole lot of um of uh, words too. What about um dosh? Have you heard come across the word dosh? No. Uh, I wonder if that's I don't know if that was uh, maybe that's a a Yiddish, Yiddish word or something. But no, I heard that not. a lot of old uh, <laughs> gangster movies. Okay, a lot of old <laughs> film noir gangster movies. <laughs> oh wow. Right. I mean, I found a few others, but we're not going to go into Scratch, Finn, Jack, and Wampum. Jack, I've heard. Was that for the original pound or shilling? It was a small coin. We that in Australia. It was was a small coin, and it likely refers to the fact that someone hit the jackpot. Okay. Right. Hmm. So, yeah. That's what I found about different types of of terms using, uh, referring to, to money. So then we, we continue with their, their conversation. Dell says, I didn't touch your dough, Neil. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a thief. <laughs> Which, that that's an interesting 
thing for him to admit that he's a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know what things he's referring to, but he is a lot of things. He's a moocher. He's a tight ass. I don't know. <laughs> All the things that Neil thinks he is. What's interesting is they both different people, but similarly, they all, they all know pretty much how much is in their wallet. I suppose we'll learn later why uh, Dell has to know how, how much he has, but Neil yeah, but would, I wouldn't know. Well, first of all, Neil says I had around $700. I had over $700. Around, yeah. Oh, over. Yeah. So there you go. But we're going to get to Dell in a second, which is just completely crazy with what he says. So, <laughs> so Dell denies being a thief, and then Neil says, you went into my stuff last night, right? And his response is, I didn't take your money, and I don't care for the accusation. And Neil's response is, well, I had over $700 in here, and you went into my wallet for pizza. Now, you probably have absolutely no idea what he's referring to there, because in the original script, there's a scene where they actually order, well, they get order, uh, they get a pizza and beers. Okay, mm -hmm. now the person who steals their money is actually the pizza boy based on an argument that he has with Dell. But when, when the pizza boy came and Dell needed to pay oh. him. So when. Right, because uh, he didn't tip him or something. That's right. Oh, so, okay. so when the pizza yeah. boy came and, and got into this argument <laughs> and, and Dell needed to pay him, Dell couldn't find his wallet. So he went and took money out of Neil's wallet. So Neil paid for the pizza. That's a nice little touch. Um, you know, it's probably not worth having in the film. If you're going to do like a Judd Apatow three-hour version of this movie, maybe it would be a funny little addition. But that's that's cute. <laughs> okay, that makes a whole lot more sense than just some than some weird guy yeah. breaking into the yeah exactly. Hmm. And then the response is just maybe when you went into it, you had to. And then Dell pulls out his wallet and slams it down on the counter and says, "Count it." And then Neil's response is, like, you'd keep it in there if you stole it. And then his, he says... That's a good point, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he says, yeah. there's $263 in there. If there's a dollar more, then you can call me a thief. Just count it. Now, yeah. $260, that, that's a pretty exact amount. As I started saying before, I wouldn't know that I have exactly $263 in my wallet. So according to inflation, that's $645 in 2022. So the inflation rate from 1987 till now over a period of 35 years is an increase of 145.42%. Wow. Yeah. So Neil takes his wallet to, to check. Now, did you notice that he tries opening the wallet from the wrong side? Yes. I. He tries to open it, and then he has to flip it over in order to think, which, which is great improv. I wonder if that was done on purpose. Or, you know, when Steve Martin got the wallet, he just tried opening it right away and realized that it was wrong and, and just went with it. Right. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. And then his, his Neil's response is, this doesn't prove. And then Dell adamantly says again, count it. 260. And then that's how the minute gets, gets, gets stopped. That's the end of this minute. So, again, I... You, you mentioned before about that your your the whole thing with the pizza boy could have been cut out. You should probably you know I'm I'm sure by now you've listened, but by the time everyone's heard this episode, they've they've heard the other episodes. I still think that that the whole pizza boy incident 
is something that they could have put in at least in partially because as we see they, they leave in remnants of it you know he mentions the fact of ordering pizza so where did the pizza come from they mentioned you know last week the whole thing about the beer no, or two weeks ago the beer uh, that are being spilled the beer exploding yeah. So again, they, oh, yes. he, when they got the pizza, they got beer with it, you know that type of thing. So whatever. Now, it, bottom line the, is is that, in, that sorry, in, bottom line is is that we can't change what John Hughes put in the final final cut, and I'm very happy with the final cut. So we we take what we get. <laughs> in in the script, does it is there a what? Is there a scene when they're eating pizza? They have a conversation about their lives or anything, or is it just they're eating pizza? Um, the bit about the tip. They do eat pizza, yeah. yeah. Which seems very, yeah. And do they have a conversation about their lives? Or Not really. Just anything no. funny? Or, no, uh, nothing uh, funny at that point. Except for the okay. fact that the pizza is, you know, Neil Neil complains about the fact that he wanted a salad. He didn't want pizza. So Dell said they didn't have a salad, so I just put put many more vegetables on it, on the pizza. <laughs> Great. So yeah. So that's how much the, that's the way this minute ends. Do you have anything else you want to say about this minute? Not about this minute. No, we can leave things for later on. I I suppose my question is, <laughs> who would you rather have over for dinner, Neil or Dell, Rob? Uh, probably. I'm probably towards having Dell. Really, I think I would rather have Neil. Yeah. Wait, as as a stranger yeah. or as or as someone you know? Um, as a stranger. But cinematically, the, exactly as he presents, maybe at this on this at this minute, and you are as you are. Do you think he'd? I don't know. I, I don't. I think Dell would have a good story for you at least. You know, he may uh, blow his nose on your your tablecloth or something. But I just think Neil would uh, Neil would just uh, just politely nod, but not really take in what you're saying at all at this point before he's at. Okay, know, I, I can. The I Neil can hear that. Meet I can hear that. Yeah. Okay, that, that's a very good question. I never even thought about that. <laughs> so and just one more question yeah, one more question have you found any great escape connections to this movie either um script writers or cast or crew or anything? no nothing any tenuous ones nothing, nothing. at oh. all but there doesn't need oh, well. to be <laughs> the connection between <laughs> That's right. the connection between season one and season two is me <laughs> <laughs> i found some very tenuous Clint Eastwood Dirty Harry ones, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about them in later minutes. Very tenuous. All right, great. So in the script great. pretty much stays the same way in this whole minute. The, the only difference is, is that at a point where where Neil sa- uh, says we're square, so in the, the script he says you're no freeloader. That, that's all he says instead. It's a very minor uh, discrepancy between the two, so it doesn't really you know make a difference. But this is this is a very faithful minute to to the original script, I guess you can say, especially when they leave the pizza reference in there. <laughs> yeah. So every day we do a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either my guest or myself tell a little anecdote story of some sort of adventure, misadventure that we might have had. So, John, why don't you tell us something that happened to you? Okay, it's two thousand and eight. I'm backpacking, as most Australians want to do, around around Europe for about four months. I'm in a town called Prilep in Macedonia, uh, just working my way from the Balkans up to Germany. And I hear about this lovely monastery that's just a bit uh, outside of town, up a few hills, called uh, – sorry, my Balkans my, – my Macedonian's pretty bad, but Travaskek or Tresvakcek Monastery. And uh, I asked 
I asked the uh, the owner of the small little motel I'm staying with, very dilapidated, uh, probably from the uh, from the uh, Yugoslav era, and he says, "Yeah, it's just up there. It's a bit of a hike." Um, so I start walking up there, um, you know, through a whole lot of from memory tobacco um, drying out on the ground, and walk up sort of the gravel um, stones. And the monastery's there. It's about three o'clock in the afternoon. I spend two hours in there, just resting, looking at some lovely orthodox um uh paintings there and uh, it's about time to go so i look back down at the hotel and i think you know i don't have to spend 40 minutes the way i came up i can find if we just go down the rockier end um sort of you know sort of a few crevices and things um very bad idea (laughs) um i end up sliding down i don't know I'm pretty, I'm, 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 I'm a wuss really, but I probably went down about 50 meters. No, it couldn't be that bad. Maybe 30 meters. And just all I have to brace myself at like that angle is my hands. So I just dig my palms into the, the side, the escarpment of the, of the mountain and severely hurt and tear away the lower part of my, my palm, I guess, down wow. the bottom. And I mean, yeah. And then I've got to confront with, okay, when I get to the bottom, I'm safe. I'm fine. How do I get to the hotel? I still have to work, walk sort of through brackish trees and things, uh, shrubs and stuff. Very unpleasant, you know. I do the best to wrap my hand around, uh, wrap like a, I think a beanie on or something around my arm. Get back to there, and the owner of the hotel says, "Oh, oh it looks horrible, but you don't need doctor. Don't don't need doctor." So he gives me some alcohol, I think, and uh, some rucky or something, and just pours it on it. Ah, I grimace in pain. I go back to bed and I sort of try and sleep as much as I can. Um, this is around the time of the whole 2008 election, so I'm listening to Barack Obama give his speech or something, and I'm half out of it. And then I sort of managed to get to sleep, and I hear some music outside. So I'm still in quite a lot of agony. I've got to go to the doctor the next day, I assure myself. And I walk out there, and there's a whole sea of of people um, sort of mulling around the entrance. It turns out there's a community hall in my uh, my hotel, and they're sort of in there dancing I've just got no sort of sense of who these people are. I don't think they're Macedonian or anything. I hear the language. I can't I can't place it at all. And it turns out they're actually Roma people. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't, please, I don't mean to offend the, the group, the race. I don't, I don't think we have too many that I know in Australia. I've never met it, met any of them. And I go in there, like one of them drags me in, I guess I'm a novelty or whatever. Um, I go in and sort of they stop dancing and they also sort of look at me and start smiling. And I don't know if it was a wedding or maybe it was a coming of age, like a bar mitzvah or some, some sort of thing like that. And um, it's just really awkward. They're sort of smiling at me, but I'm, I'm pretty bit, bit shit in my pants. I probably should have been wearing some brown underwear. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have a keyboard there. So I go up there and they're sort of gesturing me, oh, can you play or something? This great cultural moment, I think, maybe. And, um, you know, I played piano when I was 10, but I hadn't really kept it up. But the only thing I could think of was that corny in excess song. I know a bad Australian. I don't know what the name of the song was. The one that goes, um, do, 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 do. there's no use pretending. Do you know uh, that song? I, I, well, do, do. It's got a really corny okay. synth line. And they all, they all burst up laughing. And then I don't know how it happens, but I'm sort of, you know, they give me a drink or whatever. And then they start playing their traditional Roma music. But every now and then they incorporate that, and sort of all look at and laugh at me, and um, yeah, that's the great moment I had wow. in Macedonia. I survived, and uh, that's a yeah. great story. That, that's something that yeah. that 
<laughs> it really fits in with off the beaten track. No question about that. All right. Yeah. Off the beaten palm go. track. <laughs> All right. So do you want to tell everyone how they can get in touch with you? Please, if you've indulged me in my story and you like Dirty Harry, you like Clint Eastwood, okay, he's problematic, he's an old man, me too and all that, but I love Dirty Harry and we spent a podcast like this reviewing every minute. So if you just Google Dirty Harry Minute, um, yeah, that's where you can find my all right. podcast. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using. And to find me, you just have to do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, or you can find our website. So until tomorrow, you're fine. You're 